Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Game night, Edmonton Oilers, New Jersey Devils. Taylor Hall returns to town. Adam Larson saying that uh, seven to ten days he can be back in the Oilers lineup. Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50 years. For menus and uh, a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. It's old school big boy pizza. The Stoffer recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. And speaking about old school and big boys, he once was a uh, preeminent skill player uh, that attended DS McKenzie and played for the Southside Athletic Club. He would go on, play like, I don't know, 1,200 games in the NHL or something like that, win a few Stanley Cups, and now does a terrific job as the New Jersey Devils uh, television analyst. We welcome back to the show Ken Danico. Hi, Ken. How are you? Hey, Bob. Thank you for the warm welcome. Always a pleasure, pal. How's How's it going today? Well, you know, it's it's going all right. Uh, how's it going for you these days with the Devils? Well, I mean, they take a couple of steps forward and then shoot themselves in the foot a little bit last night. I mean, I I look at games like last night, and I know Calgary is hungry. They weren't happy with the way they were playing, even though they'd won a few games and they're over 500. But those games I look at where they ended up outplaying the Devils, no question about it. But on the flip side, it was more about the Devils kind of kind of losing an opportunity, I think, because from the standpoint where they had a real strong, good road first period, and then they just, just got away from it again. And we've seen that too much where, you know, a turnover, a mistake. And, yeah, they had a couple of real bad bounces off their own sticks again. And that's that's happened too often this year. And, and they hope that that uh, isn't a continuing trend. But all of a sudden, they they let a, a talented team like Calgary all of a sudden believe that they're in the game. I think they were right. They were there for, a, you know, that tight road game victory for, for a Devils team. And, again, they just started to make some mistakes in that second period. And, and Calgary's got skill, and they, they took advantage of it. Well, uh, the Devils had won road games in Carolina and Winnipeg before that game. Derek Ryan kind of got the flames started with a terrific individual effort on a goal. Uh, but I want to talk about a guy that I was most impressed with last night, and that was Jack Hughes. Was that his best game as a Devil? Well, he's had a few, and he's getting better and better, Bob, for sure. And that's the bright spot, certainly, with, with some of the young guys developing along the way here. No, they had higher expectations. They're not where they want to be. They've lost a lot of games where they've had the lead, and we know that. We don't need to rehash that. They feel their record should be a lot better than it is. But like I said, in this league, it's it's a fine line winning and losing. And, and if you shoot yourselves in the foot, they took too many penalties last night as well. You get no momentum. And, and for me... Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Pavel Zaka's playing pretty darn well this year. These young guys are really the future of the team and, and continue, continue to develop. And Hughes is showing that he's got some dynamic skill and skating ability to make plays. And I think he's only going to get better and better for sure. So he, he's exciting. He was probably the best player on the Devils uh, last night for sure in Calgary. You won three Stanley Cups in New Jersey, right? 
correct. <laughs> All right. So you won it because you guys could defend and you had goaltending. You had underrated special teams. You're always a pretty good penalty-killing team. Uh, right now the Devils are 26 in the league of the power play, 26 in PK, a combined 87%, and you're 30th in the league in save percentage. And I, I look at Edmonton, Ken, and they're, they're you know, basically 10th in the league in save percentage, and they're combined 110% between the power play and the PK. Like, in many respects, New Jersey might be a better five-on-five team than Edmonton through the first, you know, six weeks of this season. But the old adage, right, if you have special teams and goaltending, solves a lot of your problems. Yeah, well, we know the importance of that. Obviously, if you don't get the timely save on a nightly basis, it's tough to win in this league. doesn't matter how skilled you are or how many, how many goals you score. Mackenzie Blackwood is going to be a real good goaltender. He played well last night. Uh, like I said, two went off his own team. He played pretty solid. He's been solid for the most part. I know his save percentage. Sometimes statistics are misleading because he's played pretty well. It just uh, hasn't come together as far as both special teams on a certain night getting the big goal or, or the Devils getting a big save at the time. And it has to be better. There's no no hiding the fact that you need two goaltenders, and, and I assume it's Corey Schneider tonight. I don't know 100%. And Corey's still trying to find his way. He's a guy that's worked extremely hard, and, and he's going to be motivated and ready tonight. We'll see how he performs because he's got to get something going for sure. It's a concern. Special teams, that was a lot at the start because it's been much better, and they're digging themselves out of a hole. The last five, six games of the power play didn't score last night, but they been pretty doing pretty darn good putting the puck in there. I think five or six prior to that had at least one power play goal. The penalty kill's been much better, but it started off pretty atrocious. And anytime that happens, your numbers are going to look bad. But it's such an important part of the game. You're absolutely right. And I have to listen to you guys a little bit, Bob. And I'm going to say before I came on, till I'm blue in the face. But you know, we move forward. If anybody checks the Stanley Cup teams that I was fortunate enough to be a part of. We're always one of the top-scoring teams in the league, but nobody ever seems to mention that fact just because we had great defense and goaltending. You were so second. You were second. With, did you guys not finish second one of the years that you guys won the cup in the league? Second. We lost the Cows and won. We were number one in the National Hockey League in goals for. We played to win. I wish this Devils team would play a little, a little more the, the style that our team played in our championship years, but you need the horses. And they continue to build toward that. But I, I just always, all kidding aside, bring that up because nobody seems to bring that up. Because, yeah, we frustrated people because top to bottom, we were so good defensively, not just the defense, but we didn't sit back at all. It was more about the forwards, back pressure, great sticks, and taking the middle of the ice away, and, and great counterattacking, and scoring a lot of goals. The year the Kings won, I think they were dead last in 2012 in goals for. I don't hear a lot about that. So <laughs> I had to make my point. But our teams are always at the top of scoring, and and that just seems never seems to get mentioned because the connotation is it's a sin. You win one <laughs> Yeah, can can you're just breaking up there just a little bit? Maybe if we can just get you in the same spot on your cell. Uh, oh, okay, the, I got you. All right, and you know what? I know I'm supposed to be a great teammate. But it was Speck who made the call and said that about you guys. <laughs> so you can bring I it up, but I don't. I don't want your wrath. That might not be one I can handle. So uh, we're just having. I had to make my point. That's it. And look, everybody's got an opinion. That's that's what makes the world go around. That's what makes sports. Well, what go I around. remember about I just walk. 
I wanted to clarify. I remember about those teams that you had back in like 99, 2000, 2000, 2001. I was, you know, I like Jason Arnott. And the Oilers got Bill Guerin for him. It was a good trade for both t- teams. But I remember Arnott on a line with Sikor and Eliash. And that yes. that might have been dynamic. it was the best two way <laughs> line in the league. Like the, the plus minuses those guys all had, you know. And and you guys it, now just I, I want to circle back to goaltending for a second because you had Martin mm-hmm. Roder and he gave you guys an immense amount of confidence when he was in there. What is there anything specifically technical that you see with what's happened with Schneider? Because for six years in this league during that six year run, he never had a save percentage below nine twenty one. And that I could, there was no other goaltender in the league over that six-year window that was above 921 every year. So he was as good as anybody for about six years there. Now, a couple of those years were in Vancouver, but the first three or four in New Jersey was pretty good. Did he suffer? And like, you know what? I'll give you an example. There's a guy in Columbus. The Oilers took him, Riley Nash, and he had a real good year in Boston, and he had an ugly concussion. And he's never been the mm-hmm. same. He signed that free agent deal in Carolina, but he got the concussion late in the year with Boston. He's never been the same since. And I'm just wondering with Corey, did something happen that, you know, you know, was there was there an injury of some sort or something that you know created a technical nuance in his goaltending that has seen the drop off? Do you think? Well, first off, Bob, I, I don't claim to be a goaltending expert, and the guys that have played the position probably could answer the question a lot better than than I could. But obviously. Uh, having hip surgery, it takes a long time to come back from. He had a really strong training camp. I know it's different lineups and make, uh, you know, young kids as well uh, throughout the course of training camp on, on every team in their lineup on a certain night. But he was strong. He was technically sound. And even now, you know, to, to maybe to maybe uh, back him up just a little bit and not rain in his parade, although I know he's got to be better. He knows he's got to be better and really try to find find his way again. You know, usually when you're letting in leaky goals through the arm and a piece of your body or you're not positionally sound, but I haven't seen a lot of that in the games he's played. He's only played four, and I know the numbers don't look very good, and they aren't. They don't lie, certainly. I mean, the game against Tampa Bay was an example. His last game he played... The Devils dominated the game. Outshot from 38-23. He gave up seven goals on 23 shots. A lot of them weren't leaky. They were seeing eye shots, top shelf, spin around shots, because Tampa Bay didn't have a whole lot of opportunities. Now, it looks, you, 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 some pucks got to hit you. It just didn't happen to hit him on that night, but he looked pretty technically sound. So it's hard for me to answer that question. Uh, not having played the position, I guess maybe a little confidence thing. But when he goes in there, he feels like he's ready to go, and and I think he needs something to break for him. He needs a big night. He needs the team to play better in front of him, certainly at times, because he hasn't had the the best support, whether it's goals for or from his teammates or or defending around his net. They seem to have some sloppy nights, and and that's not giving him a pass because he well darn well knows we can't sugarcoat it. You can't put, have those kinds of numbers in the National Hockey League and be successful and play that much longer in the National Hockey League. So he understands that he's got to get his game going if he wants to resume his career and, and be get back to where he was because he was an excellent goaltender and he was excellent in New Jersey as well. And, and it's been up and down the last years. And a lot of it's the hip injury, obviously. He's healthy. He says there's no problems with it. 
But just to find that rhythm and consistency, I think uh, he's still battling. All right, two more questions for longtime Devils television analyst and a longtime Devil player, Ken Danico, Bob Stauffer, with you on Oilers Now. We'd be remiss without discussing Taylor Hall. The Devils have four pending uh, UFAs. Andy Green has been there forever. Uh, Sammy Votnin, who's had a good start to the year. Wayne Simmons comes in on a one-year deal. But Taylor Hall's the focus. This guy was the league MVP how much of that storyline do you think it has it affected anything in your opinion or is it something that everybody's cognizant of i i think from taylor hall general manager ratio and the rest of the team they've really put that uh, on the back burner as far as not letting it be a distraction really and and there's been open discussion as everybody knows and you guys probably know as much as i do from that standpoint and we respect taylor and the process he has to go through you get one opportunity to be an unrestricted free agent or not. The Devils certainly would like him in New Jersey long term. I, I know and being around him, he's enjoyed it here. He wants a chance to win. Uh, look, you look at the record now, and you can't just go by the first 13 games or so here for what the Devils are going to be in the future with all the young talent they have. So he's got to weigh all those different options along the way, as the Devils do. They want to make sure he was healthy. He missed the last 54 games uh, of last season because of that knee injury. And he's a guy that produces points. Yeah, he'll he'll make mistakes along the way. He made one in Calgary last night at an inopportune time, and he knows that, you know. But the high-end players are going to make riskier plays than others, and he did that inside the Devils' blue line. But the Devils would love nothing more, and including myself and everybody else. You need a star player. You need, and he's got a, uh, some young stars in the making around him as well. So those are all things that uh, I don't know exactly what's going through Taylor's mine but i do know he's enjoyed new jersey and i respect the fact that he wants to win you better all have that attitude as a player that you want to win you can't pick your poison because you go somewhere we know in this league with the competitive balance there's no guarantee you're winning anywhere yeah you need an opportunity and certainly need to make the playoffs and that's not easy anymore as well but uh he's a guy that uh, is the focal point here he's uh, the best player on their team, and they certainly need Taylor Hall to lead the charge, and we'll see how it goes. But I know he has a lot of respect for Coach Hines and certainly Ray Shiro. So I, I'm still kind of optimistic that there's a there's a decent possibility uh, they'll work something out here in the long run, and that's just just my opinion. Well, I mean, the Devils are in the driver's seat. They got the best chance to get them done. They can offer them the eight years. They got tons of cap space. Time will tell. We'd be remiss without doing this. We got to, you know, I have a theory that if I grew up in the Sutter family or if I uh, got to hang, hang around the Messiers, I too might have been able to overcome my limited genetics uh, that uh, resulted in me lacking <laughs> resulted in me lacking the speed, talent, agility, coordination, toughness, and character to have played in the WHL, let alone the NHL. But with all seriousness, is there any way you could underscore what hanging around the Messiers did to help you get to where you got to, Ken? <laughs> Well, no, you know, I brought it up many times, Bob, and, and very fortunate along the way. You don't realize it at the time as, as a young kid, but I just was, you know, Mark was a few years older than me. I'd known him since, oh, gosh, maybe 11 years old and, and around his brother Paul as well. And, and obviously the rest of those young Oilers and great teams that were building uh, toward the dynasty that they had in the 80s, and I was just trying to make my mark with drafted in 82 and try to become an National Hockey League player and, and Mark was consistently one of those guys that believed in me. He loved my character, my attitude. And I, I don't know if I've told you the story. Maybe I have on your show. I'll quickly say it one more time. So I'm walking up the 
ramp in New York. We played Sather, you know, because I knew all these guys hanging around them back in the 80s. Knew Sather's always. So congr- it was about three years after my career. He says, congratulations, Kenny, on a great career. And he says, thank God back in the 80s that the New Jersey Devils took the 18th overall because we weren't going to, and I wasn't supposed to go that high. Uh, the Oilers had 21st pick. There was only 21 teams. He says, because Mark would have, Mark Messi would have absolutely killed me because he was in my ear for two weeks. If you don't take him, if he's there at 21, you're absolutely nuts. He's going to play 10, 15 years for you and play uh, with a lot of heart. And I say this, so thank God you didn't. But he says, that would have been my mistake because the guy they picked, I can't remember who it was, didn't play, uh, I think, 100 games in the National Hockey League. So we had a good laugh about it. But I, I'm very grateful to the Messier family, certainly Mark, for being <laughs> being a real mentor and a believer in me and a guy that I just, I just uh, respected so much. When he came to New York, it was a lot tougher. We joked, sent notes. He'd send notes, him and Kevin Lowe, to me when he played for the Oilers. Back in the early 80s when yeah. we weren't very good and wishing me luck. And then when he went to New York, we didn't talk for two years. It was just too big of a rivalry wow. and, uh, to compete at the level we had to. It, it was very tough. So we had a few face washes, punches to the face with gloves on along the way when he was a Ranger because it was such a big rivalry. But I don't lose sight of the fact that I'm very grateful to Mark for, for believing in me and really showing me what it, what it meant to be a pro and what it was going to take along the way. Kenny, you're going to chuckle. The guy that the Oilers took is on the Oilers bench tonight. It's Jim Playfair. So there you have it. Oh, is it? <laughs> no, no disrespect to him. I, I played the WHL against you. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, God bless Jimmy. I love him. But, I mean, that's all Santa said as well. You got in 1,200 uh, games. Guy. Our guy didn't play as long as your guy. There you go. Hey, great stuff, Ken. We'll see you down here tonight, all right? All right, Bob. Take it easy. Always a pleasure. You bet. That is Ken Danico. We're going to take a quick timeout, come back, and wrap up Oilers Now after this. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 53 in Edmonton. Welcome back. Edmonton and New Jersey tonight at Rogers Place. Still tickets available. Visit edmontonoilers.com. Uh, the Oil Kings and the Calgary Hitmen tomorrow is part of Star Wars night. Uh, OilKings.ca and then the Tri-City Americans, coached by Kelly Buckberger, are here on Monday. Make sure you go down and see everybody at Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. My Uncle Milt, Johnny, Rich. Apparently they got a couple guys that work there that are Flames fans. We won't hold that against them. Get a no-charge winter performance package of most cars, trucks, and SUVs, plus 0% financing. On Ford F-150, select SUVs as well. Brent Ridge is an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. You know what they say about Wetaskiwin. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Call 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. To this day in Oilers history, for new as travel. Join the Oilers. Uh, two great road trips coming up. Join Oilers now in Chicago and in Florida. Both packages include great game tickets, Reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. On this date, back in 1985, I remember it well, Bill LaForge was coaching the Vancouver Canucks, and the Oilers hammered them 13 to nothing. Edmonton improving to 11-2-1 on the season. Dave Lumley. Dave Lumley had a hat trick and six points. Very underrated player. Uh, Wayne, you may have heard of him. Uh, Wayne Gretzky had four helpers and nine other Oilers had multiple point games. Frank Caprice was a net for all 13 goals against. The Canucks flew back to Vancouver and LaForge bag skated them. Except the fighters because they did their job. All right, tonight we'll have the face-off show, 5.30. Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, Rob Brown, and myself. 
And then the uh, puck drop at 7 p.m., Oilers and Devils. It'll be a best of Oilers show on Monday. We'll have the Oilers-Ducks game Sunday night as well. Stay tuned. Up next, the news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen and I. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.